0: It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: If we were gone... And, uh, you know, you got remarried, or I did, and, you know, our our kids had a different dad. It still would never be their dad. It's that critical of a position. And yet we often don't consider it the most important thing we're doing on our, on our planet. Mm,
2: it's so interesting that you say that because that's a weighty conversation that I feel as a parent like, oh, no, that's true. That role that God has called us to is so important And then I feel like, and I'm messing it up,
1: you know? (laughs) Well, that's why we wrote the book, No Perfect Parents, because we weren't perfect. And there aren't any perfect parents. There's only one perfect parent, and it's God. And so as you think about what we're trying to do as a parent, trying to raise, as we said earlier, warriors who take our legacy and change the world for good, for the kingdom, a uh, real critical passage that we mentioned earlier is Deuteronomy 6, which really lays out, you know, how to do this. It's really a a vision and a mission of what a parent is, but how actually to do it. And we mentioned before that it says, you know, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And then listen to this, parents, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Mm. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And so, you know, we miss this, but it's, we go right to let's talk about them and let's sit and, you know, drive and talk. It's like, if it's not in us as parents first, you can't pass it on. Mm-hmm. So we got to start there to inspire parents to say, okay, what's happening in me? Because whatever's happening in me is going to be passed on to my legacy.
2: And we're going to listen to a message, the second half of a message that we gave together at our church, Kensington. Um, we went back; we're done at our church now, but we went back just to do this special message on parenting with our parenting book, No Perfect Parent.
1: Obviously, the key to this passage is you can't give away what you don't first possess. That's true. As a parent, it's true in any part of your life. But if you're hoping your kids will walk with God and you're not, guess what? Good luck. That can definitely happen but the percentages are a lot higher if they see a mom and dad living this. In fact, you want to know something? There's been studies done because a lot of kids that are involved in the church involved in the youth group in high school go off to college and walk away from God. In fact, it's a whole growing movement right now. Kids walking away from evangelicalism because of, you know, they grew up in great youth groups, mega churches, and they walk away. You know what studies have found? The kids that don't walk away, guess what the difference is? Churches have better youth groups, have cooler music, or better speakers. No. Yeah. You know what it is? These kids that are involved in those youth groups go home to parents that are actually living it. The home is modeling what the church is teaching them. Those kids tend to stay walking with the Lord when they're adults compared to others. So, man, if it isn't an overflow of you in your home, you're not going to talk and drive and pray and talk about Jesus if it's not in your life. Right. You know, I watched Ann. She'd be driving a car. She'd go, let's just talk to God right now. And our kids are in the backseat and they're, you know, drinking a a bottle, and she's praying and listening to worship music. It was not like we're trying to get this into our kids. This was the life she and I were living, and it just overflowed into them.
2: And we didn't do it perfectly. Our kids saw that. They knew it. I would have to confess sin half the time in the car. Like, Lord, I'm
1: sorry. They're a lot more than me, too, you know.
2: (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But then I had this thought, and even if you don't have kids, I had this thought. Has God given me anything? Have I spent enough time with God today that I have something to give someone else? Mm. Like, that thought should happen every day. Like, when you read God's word, like, oh, this is so good. And when something's so good, what do you want to do? You want to give it away. And so I had that thought, like, every day. Did God give me? Of course. And so it says that God's word is our food. Have you been eating his food and ingesting what he has to say?
1: Yeah, and so, you know, Ann and I tried to capture certain moments in the day. Bedtime. Yeah. Drive time. Dinner time. I mean, this sounds crazy. We decided dinner was really important for a family. So we had three boys playing sports. They were crazy. Sometimes I was coaching over at Adams High School. We wouldn't get home to eight o'clock at night and we'd have dinner at eight o'clock as a family. Or nine
2: o'clock. Sitting when down. It would be nine o'clock sometimes where we would sit down together. They'd have some big snack, but there was that time just to say, hey, how was your day? What's going on? I think that's huge.
1: So, you know, it's really interesting to understand, obviously, in this training stage where they're still in your house, 0 to 12, 0 to 15, 16, is who are you and who are they? In other words, who are you as parents and then who are they? Who has God uniquely made them to be? Because you want to tailor how you train and instruct them based on who they are. So many parents and we... Had a temptation to do this, try to make our kids what we want them to be, rather than stepping back. And I, I think every day a parent should step back and go, "Wow, you are so gifted by God. You're so unique in this way, and it's totally different than the way we are. And that's a beautiful thing." One of the things we discovered early in our home was that this woman right here is a party animal. She is a joy bringer, laughter. So she made our home a haven. Well, I it love really picture was. Picture
2: that says, "The joy of the Lord is my strength, no matter the circumstances." The joy of the father can live in our hearts. And so joy was one. I mean, Dave and I on the Enneagrams, we're both seven. So everything's (laughs) like a party. So but I think that God knew that maybe knew that our kids needed that. And so but joy, no matter who you are, your personality, you can bring joy and you can bring yourself into your home to make it a haven.
1: Yeah. And so, again, we're going to go back to our bullseye. So the first word was train. And again, we just skimmed that. But the second word was train and launch. So a key word is launch means you're you're letting go. You're sending that child to the world toward that bullseye, hopefully, to do what? It's in the rest of our mission statement, which we'll get to. But this is sort of the teenage stage. OK, so it's uh, it's like 12 up to maybe 17, 18, 19 years old. Or maybe you got a teenager who's nine right now. <laughs> they hit teenage years pretty early. Yeah, really. But it's like at that stage, what, what we realize as parents is they're pulling away. Am I right? They're pulling away. It's when they start saying things in middle school like, Dad, can you drop me off like a mile from school? I don't want anybody to see you with me.
2: (laughs) And the danger of those teenage years is feeling like they don't need me anymore. And so when they push you away, you just walk away. Can I tell you and remind you, even with teenagers that are grandkids, your teenagers need you to pursue them. They may be pushing you away, but then they, you know, teenagers are always going back and forth. Like, I love you. I hate you. I love you. And so don't stop pursuing your teenagers or any of your kids, no matter how old. Even your adult kids, don't stop pursuing them. Yeah, it's
1: real easy. And we've, we've seen parents do this. They're pulling away. You think, oh, they don't want me around anymore, which in some ways they don't. But the truth is what Ann said. They long for still a relationship with you. And when we pull away because they pull away, that relationship tends to end. And so... I think you need to be creative to figure out how can I, how can I grab a moment with them? Because when you say, hey, let's go do something, you say, nah, I'm going to hang with my buddies. But if you, I remember our oldest CJ was a techie guy and I said, dude, you want to go to Best Buy? I'll buy you something. He's in the car. You know, it's just they have certain bents and you just want to grab those moments. And I had a tendency as well when they started pull away to pull away. This is the time where, and we split it in the book. We said, parents of teenagers, pursue, pursue pursue. You've got to
2: pursue them. I just talked to our granddaughter yesterday and she said, oh, I had my date with my dad today. And she said, we went to this restaurant and she said, and I could tell like it was one of the greatest things that she had done in a long time. We interviewed this guy who wrote a book. What's it called? Donuts? Donut dates?
1: Yeah, donut dates.
2: And he said that every time he'd go out with his kids, he'd have a little date with his kids and he would take a journal And he would ask them questions, and every time the kids would give him an answer, he'd write it in their journal, this journal that he had. And now his kids are adults. And this daughter said when he would pull out his red journal and he'd write down what I'd say, I thought, I must be the most important person on the planet. Isn't that sweet? Just that your dad would write down what you said. And
1: and all I got to say is it's really easy to pull away. Uh, The teenage years, pursue, pursue, pursue. Because here's the truth. Rules... Without relationship equals rebellion. If all you're doing is giving your teenagers rules and there's no relationship that you're pursuing and developing, it can lead to, I'm not gonna obey your rules because there's no relationship. It's just a dad or a mom giving me a bunch of rules. Number one complaint of teenagers about their parents is they don't listen. And guess what? They're right, we don't. We just tell them. And then the third one was model, model, model. In other words, what you say is not what they're gonna do. What you do is what they're gonna follow. So if you're not living it, Guess what? you got to be modeling. So, again, the teenagers, we just flew by them real quick. But they are I – I think have they to... were our favorite stage. really – we're out of time. I want to hit this last part really importantly because it's so critical. And you've got to decide what your bullseye is. But we decided to train and launch, let them go. And, by the way, parents, you've got to let them go. Mm. If you're still parenting them when they're 25 and 30 years old – and I understand there's different circumstances – they're adults. They have to go. And that is our job. Let them go. Doesn't mean we don't love them and be involved in their life. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But we said we're trying to train and launch L3 warriors. When we look at what Jesus was trying to raise as a disciple, what does a disciple of God or Christ look like? We thought it really boiled down to, and there's much more than this, but three sort of core values. In fact, Jesus was once asked, what's the most important commandment? Remember this teacher? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He was quoting Deuteronomy 6 that we just talked about. And then he added, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So we decided the first core value of a disciple at Kensington was that they would love God and others. That's the first L, love God and others. The second one is that uh, we are called to do life in community. So we called that lock arms in community. Like, man, if you're a follower of Christ, man, you're going to love God and others. You can't do that alone. You can't do that in isolation. You've got to get connected with other people. That's why small groups here are critical. This is not a small group. This doesn't work. One hour on Sunday is not going to change your life. But if you do life with other people, lock in arms and community, that's going to change your life. And then the third L was live open-handedly. What's that mean? It's like we take our time, our talent, and our treasures that God has blessed us with. We don't hold on to them selfishly. We live open-handedly. We don't do this. We do this. God wants us to use our time to bless others. God wants us to use our gifts to bless others. God wants us to actually give our money away to the kingdom. So that's live open-handedly. So we decided as young parents, man, if our three boys, when they are men, love God and others, are locking arms in community and living open-handedly, we've succeeded that was our target i'm not saying that should be your target but we decided man we got to have something that we're trying so here's the thing if you know what your target or bullseye is then you step back from that and say if that's what we're trying to hit there's a strategy there's an aim that helps us get there and by the way if we want our children to love god and others we've got to expose them to others they don't even like mission trips and going to places in our own community that people look and act differently than us, we keep our kids away from that? No, we need to do it. Anne went down to Detroit and picked up a drunk lady one day. I mean, it's just there's so many stories. I remember taking our kids on mission trips and they come back and they're like, nobody in the world lives like us. I'm like, thank you. You finally realize not everybody even has a glass of water a day. Things like that expose your kids to help them hopefully again there's no guarantees this yeah. doesn't mean oh we do this little thing we get dave Nan's book it's a no you just basically the biggest thing i would say is get on your knees and pray and pray. And that's
2: how i was going to end i think one of the greatest things that dave has done as a man and as, as a father and as a husband is he has taken every single friday and fasted for our kids starting it when CJ was born so for 35 years every friday he has fasted for our kids their wives our grandkids, our marriage. And um, sometimes you do that and you think, does God here? Does this work? And I, I look at our lives. We have messed up so much. But the thing that we have seen is God's faithfulness in the midst of even the hard stuff. And I think so much of that has been like our pleas and our cries to God of being on our knees before him saying, God, we can't do it apart from you. Mm. And we don't want to do it apart from you because you're our source of life, you're a source of strength, and you're our hope. Our kids can't do it apart from him either. We're living in a culture that without God, it's scary. And we can impact our culture mm. through our own lives, through our walk with God by the light and the love that Jesus gives and the power that lives within us through his spirit. And,
1: and as you can imagine... We've had really difficult, hard conversations with our adult kids Mm -hmm. about how we raised them. You know, all this stuff sounds great. And then when you're a Wilson boy and you're raised in a home with this, there's some things we really missed. I really missed and made some big mistakes. In fact, the last chapter of the book is my top five parenting mistakes, hoping that parents will read it and not do what I did. And I've had hard, hard conversations with my sons about where I where I blew it and met, let them down. So we're not sitting here acting like we yeah. are nowhere near perfect, and our kids aren't, and our our family isn't. And we would isn't.
2: also say it's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late to begin of saying to our kids, like, guys, I messed up, or I have been messing up, or I haven't seen you. I've been on my phone. I've been whatever. I need to start again. And can you forgive me? Like, those are great words to say.
1: You know, the rest of that mission statement was basically this train and launch L3 warriors. All we're going to say is you're in a we're in a spiritual battle. Yeah, there's a war going on for our kids. It's not physical. It's spiritual. And that's why I was on my knees and we're on our knees still. Who make a dent where they're sent. And that was just this simple thought. Your legacy. And we're all leaving a legacy single parents we're all leaving a legacy the question is what kind of legacy and are we being intentional about that legacy and that's where they can make a dent wherever god takes them wherever god sends them is they're going to make an impact some of you might remember this and i'll close with this that i was talking to a woman years ago about her legacy and she was pretty excited to tell me about you know getting married in the 40s and Having what she called four jacks and the queen, which meant four sons and a daughter, and her husband was an airline pilot. And they built this big home, a mansion in New York, uh, New York, New Jersey, that looked in the city of New York, because uh-huh. he flew out of New York. And she's telling me this great story, and then she said, about year 25, it all ended. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I started to suspect that my husband, now a captain with the airlines, was having an affair. And this was back in the late 50s, early 60s, so there's no way like surveillance cameras. She just made a phone call to the hotel where Captain Ralph often laid over on his trips to find out if she could find out if he's actually having an affair. And the woman that answered the phone, the, the hotel receptionist said, yeah, Captain Ralph just checked in. He just went to his room with his wife, not knowing she was talking to his wife. And so when he came home, this woman, Janice, confronted him only to find out this was one of many affairs. They ended up divorced. In the early 60s, when divorce was not that common, they moved to where her parents lived because now she's a single mom with a seven-year-old boy and a five-and-a-half-year-old boy. And then she tells me that uh, several months after the move, they find out the little youngest boy has leukemia and he dies. And she's in tears. And I'm in tears. Because many of you know, some of you don't, Janice was my mom. Captain Ralph was my dad. I was the seven-year-old boy that moved to Finley, Ohio with my mom to be near her parents. And that was my legacy. And so I grew up with no dad, and I become a dad, right? When Ann and I get married and have boys, and I'm literally looking at that crib saying, I have no idea what to do. And you've never seen it. And I've never seen it. And here's all I can tell you. God is the God of resurrection. Yeah. He raises people from the dead. He raised rose his son from the dead. He raised our marriage from death. He can create a new legacy for you. I mean, what God has enabled us to do, and again, it's not perfect, but man, it is a different legacy. The Wilson name carries a different value than what was handed to me. And I don't know what your legacy is. If it's a great one, continue it. If it's not a great one, change it. Yeah. Because you can make a difference. And some of you said, I've blown it so many times, I can't. Today's your day to start over. Right here, right now. You commit and you surrender and say, God, I can't do this. He goes, I know you can't, but I can. Give me a chance and I will do something in you you can never do. And it will impact the world. Father God, thank you for who you are. And Lord Jesus, I pray for the parents and uh, the influencers. And we all in some ways can influence somebody. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would do in us and through us something that glorifies you. Bring glory back to your name. And, Lord, for parents that are really struggling right now, God, I pray for your comfort and your peace. And I pray for other families and parents to come alongside and walk together, lock arms together. To follow you. And
2: Father, I pray too for the single parents that are doing this alone. It's so hard and they're weary. I pray that you would provide and that you would make your presence so known to them that you're parenting alongside of them. And those that are blended, Lord, they're just like trying to put these two families together. Will you give them wisdom and strength and perseverance to follow you, to trust you, and to lay their lives and their families, all of us, in your hands. We love you so much and we pray in your name. Amen.
1: We've been listening to a message that Ann and I gave at uh, Kensington Church about our, our book, No Perfect Parents. And even listening to that now is just, it's almost emotional to think God has enabled us to change a legacy. I agree. And again, it's not perfect. We would never say that. But to do the best we could with God's help to send warriors to the world take the gospel to change the world
2: i'll never forget the first time we listened to dennis and barbara rainey at our staff training for crew talking about what a godly marriage and legacy could look like and i had never heard anything like it and i just recall desiring that like i want that i want everything they're talking about and it's amazing to me, especially coming from where we've come from in our past, no Christian upbringing, that God has been so gracious to answer those prayers.
1: Yeah, and I would say to you, don't give up. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late. It's never too late. Get on your knees right now and ask God to do what he does. We said it there. He resurrects dead things, and he can do immeasurably more than anything you and I Imagine or dream according to the power that is at work within us. That power is the power of God, the power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit can do a miracle. And some of you want a miracle, ask him to work and change you and change your legacy. He can and will do it.
0: The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact marriages in your community? Consider hosting A Day Together, a one-day marriage conference that focuses on developing oneness in marriage. We have trained speakers that will come to you to present humorous but biblically sound messages of hope. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the Conferences tab. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today.